helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. John Adams said our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. I don't know about you, but what I see in America is a dismissal of religion, which has led to a metamorphosis of what we call morality. Good is bad, black is white, men are women, and are just some of the examples of how the morality Mr. Adams was talking about has been turned on its head. What are the consequences of this moral inversion I've been noticing? In his farewell address, George Washington said, Of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness, these firmest props of the duties of men and citizens. So we really shouldn't be surprised that as religion and morality have declined in America, so has political prosperity. See, America once had a a national moral compass, which guided her into becoming the greatest nation the world has ever seen. We came to Europe's rescue not once, but twice. And we did not conquer, but we supported Americans bled and died in the Pacific and Southeast Asia because our moral compass said that freedom and liberty were worth it. No, no, not everyone agreed with the way our moral compass pointed, but as long as you didn't force your views on others, we could agree to live and let live. Today, our moral compass, or at least the one used by our influencers of our society, well, it seems they've been demagnetized. The pointer spins and spins, leaving many Americans adrift on an ocean of confusion, littered with the shoals of destruction and no way to navigate. Yet there is a way to live and navigate our lives around those who are adrift and away from those shoals. The question is, will we the people listen to the siren songs of sexual enticement, communist promises that never come true, and pseudoscientific nonsense Or will they find a moral compass that always points to the truth? Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. And yes, this is where we read and study the Constitution because we want to teach not just ourselves, but the rising generation to be free. And if we're going to do that, if we're going to be free, we have to have a moral compass. If both Adams and Washington correct that morality and religion are the supports for our freedom and liberty, then we really should pay some attention to them. So today, what I want to look at is is I want to look at some of the, some recent articles and some recent news and kind of look at it from that question of a moral compass. Where is our moral compass pointing? And what could that mean for we, the people of the United States? Now, of course, I keep using the term moral and morality, and we ought to really define that term, shouldn't we? So if you look up morality, well, morality is a moral discourse statement or lesson, which means we really need to know what is moral. Merriam-Webster defined moral as of or relating to principles of right and wrong in behavior. And that's why I say we haven't 
given, a, we haven't given away morality. We haven't dispensed with morality. We've changed morality. See, when I was a, a child, when I was a young man, morality meant live and let live. Somebody may be doing something that, that is wrong, that, that you find morally uh, uh, abominable, but if they're not hurting anybody, morality said you advise them, you show them, you teach them, but you don't coerce them. Now, I'm not saying we always live by those standards. That, that's obvious. A simple look at, at uh, history shows that how, how we have not held to that standard. But there was that moral compass that said, this is how we should go. When I was a young man learning to fly, um, I started out with navigation, right? My father got his pilot's license, and I started out learning how to navigate with him. Um, it's one of the things my father and I shared, and I, it's one of the, one of my fondest memories of that of that time frame. And the thing you need to know about navigation is you need to know where you are, you need to know where you're going, and you need something that tells you which way you're headed. Now, of course, we use a compass or we use a, a gyro stabilized compass device, heading device. But the idea is there's a compass, there's a a, a dial, and a pointer that's magnetized. So it always points to magnetic north. So you could always figure out which way you're heading based on that. But look at the world today. Look at America today. Are we pointing towards a, a moral future? What is, I should say, what is our definition today of what is right and wrong in behavior? So when I was a child, right behavior meant uh, uh, going to school, getting married, then having sex and having children in that order, right? Sex before marriage happened, but it was, it was discouraged by our society. Why? Well, it had dangerous outcomes. I remember sitting in high school, you know, and being taught in a sex ed class, how, you know, you get diseases, you can have children out of wedlock and what it does to your, to your future. That was moral. Today, moral has gone to the point of hook up with whatever you want, whenever you want. We actually have apps you say, that uh, will help you find people to have anonymous sex with. Morals turn, being turned into. There are those who believe it is moral to teach kindergartners how to have sex. The definition of right and wrong have changed. And I believe it has changed because We've lost a definition of truth. A lot of people don't like that word truth. Well, you've got your truth and I've got my truth. No, that is not truth. That's opinion. Again, Merriam-Webster defines truth as the body of real things, events, and facts. They, 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 live, they have a synonym called actuality, what actually is true. And we've walked away from that. We've, we've, we've said that people can have their own truths, which is demagnetizing the moral compass. See, it wasn't that the moral compass prevented you from going the wrong way. It at least showed you there was a right way to go. But when we destroyed truth, we destroyed, we demagnetized that moral compass to point, well, wherever somebody feels like. So now when people say, well, you've, you've got your truth and I've got my truth, it shows a complete 
lack of understanding about what truth is. If you, your truth is up is towards the sky and down is towards the ground, and my truth is up is towards the ground and down is towards the sky, we can't communicate because we've ignored the concept of truth. That, that destruction of the anchor of truth, of the, the magnetic field that aligned all of our moral compasses, even if we didn't always follow them, has set us adrift on the ocean. Imagine yourself in a, in, in a small boat, a sailboat, out on the vast ocean, Pacific, Atlantic, Indian, I don't care. You can't see the shore. And the only navigation tool you have is a compass. You rely on that compass to always point towards magnetic north. That way, you can figure out where you're going. You can figure out how to get where you want to get and how to avoid what you want to avoid. But if you demagnetize that compass, you're adrift. You're lost. Sure, on the ocean, you could look at the sun, you could look at the stars. Follow my metaphor, please. If you have no definitive truth, no North Star, no magnetic North that your compass is pointing to, you literally have no idea where you're going. You're literally wandering around blind. All the charts in the world can't help you. Everything pointing out where, where the dangers are, the rocks are, they can't help you because you've got no way of knowing whether you're heading towards them or away from them. Which again brings me back to Adams and Washington. Our country is designed for a, a moral people. A, a people that have a, a true sense of morality. And even if we don't always follow it, at least we, 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 we have this compass that says, this is what is true. This says, I, will, I may disagree with what you have to say, but I will fight to the death your right to say it because the morality of freedom of speech supersedes my disagreement with you. That the morality, that saving life is preferable to taking life. Even though we may disagree about questions of, of abortion and euthanasia, that fundamental morality that saving life is preferable to destroying life. We've lost that. And as a nation, there's nothing supporting our, our political prosperity, as Washington put it, because we have pulled the supports of religion and morality, those indispensable supports, we have pulled them. And without those pillars human happiness collapses. How can you expect an elected representative to follow a, a, a moral trajectory if your morals and his morals are different? We shouldn't be surprised that politicians lie. It's become, it's considered now moral for politicians to lie. Paul, it's moral to lie? Well, we keep hiring people that lie to us. The ones that lie to us the best 
we keep around the longest. I think in the last midterms, Congress had, what, a 12-15% approval rating, but a 96% incumbent retention rate. Our morals are lying is fine if you're a politician. More and more, our morals are saying we will not protect women. We'll not protect them in sports. We won't protect them out in the world. And we won't protect them in prison. We'll put men in women's bathrooms and women's locker rooms and even women's prisons. Because we've allowed the moral compass to point anywhere we want. We've decided that it is, it is now immoral to be white. Or at least it seems like the influence have decided. And it is moral to be black. And in fact, being black is to be worshipped. Don't believe me? I found this on, on The Blaze, but there's, there's footage from an Ohio elementary school of students being dragged and beaten and forced to kneel and pledge loyalty to Black Lives Matter. Now, why should we be surprised? I mean, when, when Black Lives Matter's group rioted, vandalized, committed arson and assault, the people said, that's okay, we're not going to make a big deal out of this. They actually called it a mostly peaceful protest. You had a reporter claim that it was a mostly peaceful protest, which, as, as far as numbers of people might have been, but he was standing in front of a burning building. I'm sorry, if you show up to a protest and they start burning and vandalizing and you do not leave, you're in support of something that is not mostly peaceful. We saw similar uh, things with Antifa, right? Um, you couldn't go out without masks unless, of course, you are participating in a BLM or Antifa riot. Well, then you didn't have to wear a mask, according to many municipal governments. The moral compass got so twisted that none of us should be surprised that there was a group of black students in an elementary school that dragged, allegedly dragged, and beat, and forced white students to kneel and pledge allegiance to Black Lives Matter. What does that say about the moral compass that has been instilled in those black students? See, Black Lives Matter claims to be against racism, but at least in what was instilled in these children was racism. You're supposed to bow, you're to kneel, you're to pledge to a black student simply because they're black. Not because they're smart, not because they're a great athlete, not because they're compassionate, simply because of the color of their skin. I thought our moral compass pointed to racism being bad, but not anymore. Racism is not only being indoctrinated into our students, it's being indoctrinated into our governments, it's being indoctrinated into our corporations, it's being indoctrinated into our lives. 
to the point where many people are afraid to speak out against Black Lives Matter because they're afraid they will be beaten and dragged and forced to publicly be kneel and humiliated in support of this racist organization. And if that doesn't speak volumes about the state of America's moral compass, I don't know what does. I've got plenty more, but I have to take a break. Before I do, though, please check out Healthy Cell. They are a leading innovator in supplements designed to work at the cellular level. Now, one that I use regularly, especially when I'm on the road, is their Immune Super Boost. It combines over a dozen supplements into a single travel-ready gel pack. Designed to support your immune system, whether you're on the go or at home, this, these nutrients boost your immune system to defend you against whatever's going around. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order of Immune Super Boost or anything from Healthy Cell if you use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. So please, go to HealthyCell.com, put your cart together, be sure to use that code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Have you had COVID-19 recently or have suffered a vaccine injury syndrome? You know, all of these conditions are metabolic, catabolic strains on the body. The body has increased needs for essential micronutrients and minerals, and the GI tract may not be functioning completely normally in terms of absorption. The solution, Healthy Cell. Healthy Cell has an entire product line using microjo technologies. So these are in liquid gel packs that you simply uh, rip open and a quick squirt and you've got everything you need in terms of nutrients. The product lines are the Immune Super Boost, the uh, Focus in Memory, and my favorite, the REM Sleep Supplement for an Ideal Night's Sleep. Try them out. Go to HealthyCell.com and enter in out loud for a discount on your first purchase. Oh, or go on our platform, America Out Loud Talk Radio, and click on the banner bar, Healthy Cell, to get your discount on your first boxes of uh, Healthy Cell products. So let's get real, let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. 
For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan. A plan based on real science that responds to the real world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution study, and today we're talking about America's moral compass how we decide what is right and wrong. The fact that, well, it appears for many, especially those with influential positions or, or uh, situations of influence, well, their moral compass is broken. It's demagnetized. It's spinning like a top. So one of the things we used to all agree on was equal protection under the law. You don't get special treatment whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're black or white, and certainly not whether you're a Democrat or Republican. We have new reports coming out of the Federal Bureau of Intimidation where field agents claim that they wanted to shut down the probe into the, the, the classified documents held by former President Trump way back in June. But the Justice Department leaders, they wanted a surprise raid at Mar-a-Lago, which happened in August. Now, love Trump, hate Trump, love Republicans, hate Republicans. It should not matter. We should be treated equally. Now, as I understand it, when they when the FBI was investigating the the documents held by Trump, um, the Trump people, the administration was cooperating. The, the the they were under the documents were in a locked room. They the they actually updated the security on the room per the request of the Secret Service, I believe it was. And so there were FBI agents said, okay, they're dealing with it between the administration and the National Archives. But the leadership wanted surprise raids. And they got them. Now flip it around the other side, where um, information was found uh, not secured, not in a locked room, but in a garage owned by President Joe actually first was found in an office that was that was being cleaned out that was uh, for Joe Biden. It was then found in in a again not in a not secured. They were then found in other locations in and around homes that he owned. And, and look at at the way these were treated. You, you didn't have an FBI raid on President Biden's home looking for documents, and you certainly didn't have the media all but calling for blood for the fact that he had documents. We've lost our moral compass. Is keeping classified files uh, once you leave office a crime or not? It appears to be different whether or not you're a, a, a Republican or a, or a Democrat. See, we also, our moral compass used to point and say, listen, government propaganda is a bad thing. Government censorship is a bad thing. Not so much anymore, is it? 
I mean, we've had reports from, was it the Twitter files uh, from, uh, 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 and, and others of the State Department uh, using social media to censor information. Now, you know, they said, well, gee, we found this and we think you should censor. We think this violates your terms of service. And we get upset if you don't do it, at least not as quickly as we want. Now, American First Legal has expanded their investigation. They've filed more freedom of information requests looking to see if the State Department actually was using their funds to not simply censor, but to create propaganda. But again, it's not just the administration. Look at our society as a whole. I remember when we used to say, I may vehemently disagree with what you have to say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Now we have the exact opposite. If I disagree with you, you must be shut down. Whether it's on, on social media, corporate media, or just living around the, your world today. How many people have had their jobs threatened for expressing ideas outside of work that were, well, were, were, were not agreed to by the, their employer? How many universities have shut down clubs because they disagreed with their statement of faith or their belief system? How many professors have lost their jobs because um, they tweeted something 20 years ago that now is considered unacceptable? Again, freedom of speech used to be a, 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 a moral imperative. Now it seems more like it's a a, a a moral destruction. Freedom of speech? How can you be allowed to spread misinformation and disinformation? That's the antithesis of free speech. And again, it's not simply government actors. And it's not just the, the social media or corporate media that are doing it anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, we're seeing it more and more. America's moral compass has become crippled on the point of freedom of speech. It's funny. I was just having a discussion with somebody in, in, a, in a social media comments about disagreeing. He said, listen, I don't agree with you 100%, but I listen to your program. I said, thank you. I don't expect anyone to agree with me 100%. All I ask is that when we disagree, we have a civil discussion about it. But that seems to be disappearing in America. We don't have civil discussions. We call each other names. We place labels on each other. Well, you're an anti-vaxxer. No, I'm just somebody that doesn't want to be a medical guinea pig. No, 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 you're an anti-vaxxer. You're a hate group. Why? Well, because this... this politically motivated group says you're a hate group. Really? How about the fact I just disagree with them on some things? No, no, no. That makes you a hate group. Our moral compass has become so twisted that what used to be considered right is now considered wrong. And the idea of lying to trick somebody and do something, that was considered evil. Yet there's more and more information coming out. There's, there's showing that Lord Fauci, the infamous doctor who claimed that he represented science, and if you disagree with him, you disagreed with science. Talk about arrogance. But it appears that he pushed for a paper to uh, destroy the lab leak theory, 
when it comes to the COVID-19, the SARS-CoV-2 origins. Now, it's being reported on Zero Hedge that back in February 1st, 2020, Anthony Fauci, his boss, the, the NIH director, and at least 11 other scientists participated in a conference call in which several of them warned that it was uh, that, that the COVID-19 virus, the SARS-CoV-2, may have leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China. And uh, it may actually have been genetically manipulated to become infectious to humans. Right, so this is on their conference call in February. Just three days later, Four of those 11 or 13 participants, the uh, uh, Scripps Research Virologist, virologist, a University of Sydney Virologist, a Tulane School of Medicine Virologist, and a virologist from the University of Edinburgh, got together and uh, they they said, no, no, it's not a lab leak theory. That's not this anymore. We've come up with what we call the proximal origin of SARS-CoV-2 being, well, this is, I think this was a wet market theory. They sent it to, to Fauci. They sent it to direct, or Dr. Collins. And that became promoted as the truth. And anything else was conspiracy theory. So we have scientists, several of whom said, this may have been engineered, this may be a leak, but politically, it was inconvenient. So the bureaucrats, along with several of these other virologists, says, no, 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 that's not the answer. Do you know what they avoided, apparently? was science. See, again, finding the truth used to be our moral compass. That's the way it pointed. We want to find the truth. Like it or not, ultimately, we want to find the truth. That seems less and less the case nowadays. Now we want to manipulate the science, manipulate the so that what we say is true is considered true, whether it's actually true or not, which kind of makes sense with this. You have your truth. I have my truth. Whoever's the biggest and strongest, their truth wins, whether it's true or not. Our moral compass used to say things like, when I do business with, with somebody, with a company or an individual or a small business, I want that, you know, we're just dealing with that transaction. I, I'm not, I don't want you placing your politics, your belief systems into it unless it's something we're actually dealing with. But of course, one of the things we used to love in this country was our ability to defend ourselves against all enemies, foreign and yes, domestic. But you see, that's not considered moral anymore. So we find out that uh, first, we found that Discover credit cards, guess what? They're tracking gun purchases. Yeah. And we found out, oh yeah, by the way, Bank of America has a, a whistleblower from, from Bank of America has claimed that that bank worked with the FBI to investigate people for the, for the, the alleged crime of purchasing a legal item legally. That item being a gun purchase. Now imagine being investigated by the FBI simply because you did something legal. That used to be considered criminal. It was immoral for the government to investigate you. In fact, there's a, such a thing called the Fourth Amendment, which says we are to be secure from unreasonable searches and seizures. The FBI had no reason, to my knowledge, to search 
someone simply because they used a credit card or a debit card to purchase a gun. That's no, no longer morally allowed. We're seeing more and more. The was the international group that that sets the uh, the uh, certain codes said that we're going to flag gun stores so that we can track gun sales. Isn't it interesting? How many people want to track what you do, even though it's perfectly legal? But they need to know about it because government needs to know. Like I said, used to be. You had to commit a crime before you were investigated. Now, no, no, no. Simply doing something that's considered politically not liked by certain people, that now is a reason to be investigated. And sure, here we're talking about gun purchases. Remember when uh, the FBI set certain flags for parents that disagreed with school boards? Labeled them as potential domestic violent extremists because they disagreed with what their children were being taught? That used to be considered immoral. Now, it's become commonplace. Why? Because morality has changed. We've disconnected it from any anchor. We've disconnected it from any, any religious understanding. And we've set it adrift. And that moral compass now points any which way at any one time. And to get back to banks, see, it's not simply guns. Many of the major banks, in this case, uh, Citibank, uh, Deutsche Bank, they are going to reduce their investments in things like coal. Now, is it because these are not financially advantageous investments? Is it because, as a financial means, they aren't doing very well? Is it coal? Or, Or, by the way, they're also talking about doing other fossil fuels. Or could it possibly be that they want to look good. The banks are no longer as interested in making money as they are in pandering to the climate lie. Yes, the climate lie. There's no evidence that significant warming is happening, that man is a significant contributor to it as as a percentage of the actual warming, or that we have any danger in the near future or even well into the future. I think they're talking about, what, 1.6 degrees Celsius over the next 100 years? But yet now, if you do business with Citibank or Deutsche Bank, understand, if you have money invested with them, if you've put your savings in there, or if you have other instruments where they're holding on to your money, they're not worried about getting the best return on that investment. They're more interested in pandering to a political movement. So that used to be considered immoral. You invested your money with somebody. Their job was, their fiduciary responsibility was to do the best with your money as, as, as you saw, as they, as they could. And if you, as the investor, put limitations on where they could invest that money, that was your decision because it was your money. Now and now we're seeing more and more, we're seeing banks and other investment organizations, they're not worried about your money. They're worried about promoting political agendas. Again, that used to be considered immoral. People used to go to jail for that. Now it's considered standard practice for ESG, DEI, or any of the other 
political agendas being promoted. Our moral compass has become so twisted. Many Americans don't even have a sense of what is true anymore. What is right anymore. And that leads to some very, very dangerous circumstances. It leads to some very painful circumstances. See, if you're floating on an ocean with a, with a navigational tool, with your compass doesn't tell you which way is north, how do you know you're not heading right for rocks? You're, not, you're heading right for, for a shoal that will rip the bottom out of your boat and have you sink on the spot. Are you depending on lighthouses to protect you? What if we've put those lighthouses out and they've gone dark? How do you know? You don't. Because rather than looking for a moral compass that reliably points to what is true, you've depended on a moral compass that makes you feel good. And if feeling good is the only truth you're worried about, You're heading right for the waterfall. You're heading right for the rocks. You're heading right for destruction. And you're doing so blindly. Now, I have some other things I want to talk about, but I have to take another break. Hopefully you like this type of content. You can always go to my website, constitutionstudy.com. You can ask a question or or suggest some content or, or even sign up for one of the mailing lists and find out what's going on over there. I'm working on some new features, some new products and tools for the Constitution Study you might find helpful. So again, go to constitutionstudy.com and see if you can find out more. You can also head to americaoutloud.com. In fact, I go there every day. Why? Because I get different viewpoints on the latest news and information. But the important thing is not to simply go there, but to share that information. Take the stories, the podcasts, the videos, share them wherever you can. That's how we find a right working compass, by sharing the truth in a sea of lies. And by doing so, we can secure the blessings of liberty. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code out loud. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X L E A R.com. Welcome back, everyday Americans. Rejoin the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution. We teach people to be free. See, that used to be the point of our moral compass. We wanted freedom. We wanted to be able to decide for ourselves what was best for ourselves. And more and more, that moral compass has been demagnetized. 
It no longer points towards liberty and freedom. It no longer points towards truth. And because of that, we're getting lost in so many things in this world. I find it interesting. In Great Britain, they have a phrase called death by cue. Cue being a, a waiting in line. That's its purpose. It, it, it talks about people who die because they're waiting for medical care. Oh, Paul, that's Great Britain. They had that. Yeah, well, guess what? That's happening here. See, people warned when they were debating the Affordable Care Act that uh, there would be problems. There, there'd, be, there'd be rationing. There would be um, uh, fewer choices and therefore more wait times. That was all poo-pooed. People looked at this and said, no, there's, there's a logical outcome to putting government more in control of health care. But we went ahead anyway. Now, prior to the infamous Affordable Care Act, the average wait time was already 92 days. 92 days to, to find a, a physician and get treatment. Now it's up to a, 120 days. And especially if you're on, on Medicaid, it's up to 120 days. Over the last three years in Illinois, 752 Medicaid enrollees died waiting for medical treatments. We shouldn't have been surprised. The poster child for socialized medicine, Canada, Great Britain, and yes, our own Veterans Affairs Departments have shown that People die waiting for treatment. An audit of the, VA's, uh, of the VA concluded that 47,000 veterans have died waiting for care. Worst of all, it was possible for them to get care, but it was unavailable. Now, there are many reasons for this. The first is by taking pricing out of the system the only way to regulate healthcare is by, uh, uh, by rationing. There's only so much around, and who gets to choose? Of course, and again, you have the entire bureaucracy, which not only inflates the cost and, and slows things down, but to take money away from treatment in order to pay for the bureaucracy. Now, there are estimates ranging from 31% to 50% of all healthcare spending as actually going to the bureaucrats, not to actually healing, treating people. In the U.S., in 2021, we expended $4.3 trillion on our healthcare system. Roughly, Washington took about $2 trillion away from patient care to pay for federal and state bureaucracies. See, it was used to be considered immoral to take more than 10% for a, a charitable organization, for it to take more than 10% to run the organization. Here you have the federal government taking almost half. And not only is it considered moral, it's the people demand it. Where's the moral compass when it says, you know, that the federal government's going to determine how, how you do things. Where's the moral compass of the patient decides? Where you, as the patient, you get to decide for yourself, with your doctor probably, what is the best treatment, how to go about doing it, and then how to pay for it. 
Well, take, for example, uh, our, our, our vaunted FDA, our Food and Drug Administration. See, we realize that, that um, they rushed untested, unverified treatments under an emergency use authorization out to the American people. That two, over 200 million Americans took these jabs without informed consent, and they were often coerced into doing so by government actors. So now you have a drug company that says, hey, we have a potential treatment that would help treat those who've been hospitalized patients, people who've been hospitalized for COVID. But the FDA says, no, nah, we're not going to authorize that. We're not going to give you this emergency use authorization. Now, what's interesting is this isn't being decided by your doctor. There's a, a committee, a panel that advises the FDA about these things. And they voted um, not, to, not to authorize it. Eight to five. Thirteen people in the United States decide whether or not you could take, you could try this treatment. Now, here's what's truly laughable in my standpoint. The members who voted against the drug said they were concerned that the study was too small. It only concluded 220 patients. 70 of them received a placebo. That's odd because some of the approvals that the FDA has given out were studies that had less than 60 people. Or even better, they, they've authorized the, uh, uh, these, this, the fake vaccines to children when they did no studies on children. They just said, well, it worked okay in parents. We'll let it work on children. It used to be a moral imperative to, uh, to allow people to try see treatments, if, especially if they were in potentially life-threatening situations. Now the bureaucrats decide. Thirteen people decide whether or not you can try a drug. And those same 13 people decide whether or not you will be coerced into taking an experiment because they approved it. And we have evidence now. They, they didn't do proper safety and testing. They never, at least, uh, was it Moderna? Or no, Pfizer. Pfizer never even bothered testing their fake vaccine to see if it was effective. FDA was more than happy to sign off on that one. You used to be in charge of your body. Now it's the, it's the bureaucrats. What does that say about our moral compass? What does it say that when we took an experimental treatment using experimental technologies and our bureaucracies, the, the supposed regulatory agencies that are supposed to be looking out for us, not only authorized it for use in pregnant women, but recommended its use in pregnant women, even though they never bothered testing to see if it was safe for pregnant women. They tell you, you, don't drink alcohol, don't smoke, but here, put this experimental jab in your arm. We don't know if it's going to work or not. We don't know if it's safe or not, but do it. What does that say about our moral compass? How many pregnant women put this drug in their arm, this biologic that has never been tested in pregnant women, simply because a regulatory agency said it was okay or because they were coerced by their doctors to do it. I have a friend 
who, while she was pregnant, was coerced into taking the jab because, you love this, the doctor said, if there's a problem during the delivery, you don't want the hospital to have any problems getting in the hospital for treatment. He was concerned that the hospital might not treat her because she refused to be a medical guinea pig for a treatment by that time had shown to be completely ineffective. What does it say about our moral compass that a pregnant woman with a problem delivery may have their treatment delayed or denied because she refused to participate in a politically motivated medical experiment? What does it say about the men and women being left to die because they will not be given life-saving treatment by hospitals because they refuse to be a medical guinea pig? Ladies and gentlemen, this is Nazi Germany. We have the Nuremberg Code because you were, people were coerced into medical experimentation, and we have that here today. And the people are not outraged. The people are not up in arms. And I believe it's in large part because our moral compasses have become so twisted they don't even realize what's happening to them. Now, I got one more example, one more article that I want you to consider when it comes to our moral compass. You've all heard about the, the train derailments in Ohio, the, the one that had all the toxic chemicals in East Palestine. It's a terrible thing. But the news articles that break my heart, that make me wonder about the future of this country, are the number of people in East Palestine, Ohio, that are sitting there waiting for the government to do something. They're waiting. We used to have a moral compass that said, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Yes, sometimes you need help, but you are responsible for you. And now we have residents of this town in Ohio at, at, at a town hall meeting looking for Norfolk Southern to, to do something. Now, granted, the Norfolk Southern has a responsibility for their actions. But people are yelling, evacuate us. One person yelled, get my grandchildren out of here. If you care about us, get our grandchildren out. Now, I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but if I thought there was a threat to my family's life, if I thought my grandchildren, which I don't have yet, were at risk, I wouldn't be waiting around for someone else to get me out of there. One man asked a, a, to an EPA receptor why it took so long for them to get engaged. I ask, why are you waiting around for government actors to do what you should be doing? If there's a threat, you get out by any means possible. Who pays for it? Who comes? You can deal with that later. But instead, we have people waiting for the government to do something. 
waiting for the corporation to do something, waiting for the government to force the corporation to do something. It used to be a moral imperative that a man's home was his castle and it was, respons- it was his responsibility to defend it. That it was his, his responsibility to take care of his family. First and foremost, not wait for government to come do it for him, to defend your home, defend your family, protect them from all dangers, foreign and domestic. Yet here we have this this tragedy. We, we have this, this chemical spill. And we have people waiting around for the government to do something to protect them. Where have our morals gone? I was, I'm reminded of the John Jay quote I use so often here. I, he, I talk about, he said, it is incumbent on every member of the state to diligently read and study the constitution of his country and teach the rising generation to be free. That's what we do. It's what we try to do here is to teach people to be free. Not to be dependent on government, not to be dependent on others to tell you how to live your life, to be free. But it's the rest of that quote that I see all of these examples and it breaks my heart. Mr. J said, by knowing their rights, they'll sooner perceive when they're violated and be the better prepared to defend and assert them. See, while our moral compass was being destroyed, while it was being demagnetized, while it was being twisted out of shape, the vast majority of the American people didn't recognize when their rights were being violated, when their liberty was being violated, when their very chance at, at prosperity was being destroyed, was being violated. They never recognized it. And the few who did were not prepared to defend their rights, their liberty, their future. They were not prepared to assert their rights, their authority. East Palestine, Ohio, the residents of East Palestine, Ohio, are not alone. We've seen it during numerous natural disasters. We've seen it during man-made disasters. People in, in flooded regions waiting for the government to come rescue them. People at, 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 uh, at the border waiting for the feds to come rescue them. Our moral compass was destroyed right under our noses. And we never recognized it because we never bothered to make sure we knew where North was. When I was training to, to, to fly, when I was learning to fly, one of the things that we were required, it was part of the checklist, before you took off, before you moved that airplane, you found a source that said, where are you? What direction are you pointing? How high are you above sea level? And you made sure your instruments aligned with what was true. Then you proceeded to to go wherever you were going to go. And until the American people stop following these moral compasses that just spin like tops, 
look around and say, wait a second, what is true? What are we basing our morals on? What is north? How high are we? Where are we going? Until we do that, until we find reality and, and determine what it is before listening to all these babbling mouths, morality will cease to be a pillar of our society. Religion and morality are gone, and freedom and liberty are following right behind it. The question I have for you is, are you going to follow the crowd that's following these corrupted moral compasses? Or will you stand up for yourself, find out what the truth is, then set your compass on that? And if that's what you're looking to do, you can join me here at the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. You can also listen to the podcast. The episodes come a day or two after they're heard on the radio. Find them on your favorite podcast app. The links can be found at the homepage of AmericaOutloud.com. But do me a favor. Share this information. Share the links. Share the episodes so that other people can see what the truth is, where North is, so we can restore true morality as a pillar of this society. And by doing so, we also secure and share the blessings of liberty.